Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Moms That Say Fuck, hosted by yours truly, Alana Kapitz and Dr. Dina Kulik. I'm Alana, the CEO and founder of Moms Toronto. We're on a mission to bring moms together and give them a great day, revolutionizing maternity leave. And I'm Dr. Dina Kulik. I'm a pediatrician and pediatric emergency medicine doctor. I provide no-nonsense child health advice, dispelling myths, and empowering parents to parent confidently and raise your healthiest kids. Together, we have six kids under eight. We are eager to chat with other moms, entrepreneurs, and interesting people about everything from sex to alcohol, sleep woes, and body shaming. We aren't afraid to talk about taboo topics or share our many opinions. We say it like it is and want to get to the heart of the issues facing moms and caregivers everywhere. Come join us. Uh, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Moms That Say Fuck, hosted by yours truly, Alana Gavitz and Dr. Dina Kulik. You look nice today, D. Thank you very much. In my we, cozies. You look very cute. Um, before you. we get into our guest, we are still reading our fabulous reviews. So if you are following us, be sure to subscribe, write, and review. This is from Iza Fit Nurse. On Thursday, she wrote, keeping it real. Love listening. It's raw and real. No BS and very educational and informative while not being boring. That's I love a it. great review. I feel like that is... Is a fit my, nurse. That's my like goal in life, Doctor Dina. Is no nonsense, no bullshit, and tell like it is, and, and not boring. I, I like I it. Love it. I'm into it. <laughs> Thank you. And if you keep these reviews coming until the end of March 31st, we are giving away three Sephora gift cards for twenty five dollars to three random reviewers. So keep the reviews coming, girls. We love it. Um, and tonight's guest, Allison Villa. Hi. Welcome. Yay. Allison is a relationship expert. Is that what I'm going to call it? Um, and she's she has all these awesome online tools. She does a lot of virtual therapy, a lot of online programs, and she believes in happy couples make happy kids. Yes. We are, love it. Okay, Allison, tell us about you. Give us the 411. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I, first of all, I just want to say I love being cozy uh, with you ladies. Uh, we're, you sh- I wish there was a picture of us right now. We're all like cozy and comfy. I will tell We can do that. It's, yeah. gonna, it's yeah. going to happen. <laughs> I feel like you're wearing kind of a fancy shirt, though. I know, because I have to go out after this. Oh, wow. <laughs> and leggings and a black fancy shirt. And I like did my hair for five seconds. Got it. Uh-huh. With your new Revlon thing. Yeah. And then I also have been learning every hair trick ever from TikTok. Oh. So I learned like a long girl hair trick oh. that made this like a little bit wavy, which I've yeah. never done before by myself. I feel like you could do fun shit to your hair and I can't do anything fun with my hair. Well, I've never done fun shit to my hair. Yeah. So You have a lot of hair. It's I impressive that you're picking yeah. that up now at this stage with two children what and I've, another on your what way. What I decided was like, I'm old enough now that I should be washing my face, brushing my teeth. I'm going to go out, put on makeup and do my hair. That's Were you not thing. brushing your teeth before? Not like it's, I thought it was self care, not like hygiene. What? I know. I can't talk about it. Okay, Allison. <laughs> okay, well, I think we can get back to that. <laughs> what the hell? Okay. okay. Tell us about you, Allison. It's self-care so to brush your teeth now. Stop it. Your relationship <laughs> therapist. Let's go. Yeah, so I am a registered psychotherapist and a relationship expert. And I teach parents how to reclaim the passion and the play in their relationship so that they can raise confident and emotionally intelligent children. We love that. I do, I do find a lot of friends and a lot of patient parents uh, lose touch with their relationship and uh, they may not sleep in the same room anymore and kids may add to the bed situation, like they join mm-hmm. them. Um, I think it's, I mean, you're also tired and there's so much shit happening and taxes and 
work and, and kids and chasing kids and feeling tired and all these things, postpartumness and yes, breastfeeding. So many layers, right? Yeah. And we're also living in this time where parents are so very, very conscious. They really want to do the right thing. And we're, there's so much information out there. And I think in an effort to do the right thing for our kids, it's so easy to put like our relationship on the back burner. Because people feel like they have to spend all their time with their kids. Yeah, because they, they're focused on how, like, what is the right sleep regime for my child? What is, how should I be feeding them? How should I be parenting? What are, is it, should it be peaceful parenting? Should it be attachment parenting? Should it be, like, there's all these different ways to parent. And mm-hmm. then we forget, but wait, if we are connected with our partners and with ourselves, because it always starts with us first, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that dynamic makes everything flow more easily in the home. Got it. Yeah, if you're well connected and you work together as a team, it's going to make it easier to parent your kids. But it's hard to take those moments to connect as a team when you're busy with all the rest of your life shit. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, and I know last week you had Dr. Rhonda on, right? No, not last week. Last year. Was that last year? Yeah, a long time ago. Mm. Oh, well, anyways. (laughs) I've been like listening to some old things, but but I love, like, she, she talked about, and Esther Perel says this a lot too, about how Time with your partner doesn't just happen on its own. It right. is something that needs to be scheduled. And it doesn't just happen. We like Many of us are amazing co-parents and an amazing domestic team. But the romance and the actual being intentional with each other and seeing each other outside of the parenting role is so important. And it does need to be scheduled. Mm-hmm. So when you see people, when things are kind of starting to break down... Like yeah. yeah. So when's, when's, someone, when is somebody calling you, Allison? Well, what has happened? What's well at this point now? I'm I'm happy to say that a lot of parents are able to recognize that like there is value in our relationship, and we need to start sooner rather than later mm-hmm. because it's always better. Same thing with health to be preventative rather than reactive, right? right? So the programs that I provide are giving people tools to be preventative before they get in the breakdown lane. Uh-huh. Yeah. So high level, if you could open the kimono a bit, what would you say is like the top three challenges Challenges, and then maybe solutions? Ooh, top Kay. three. We have an so hour. like all the first strategies? <laughs> We're just jumping yes, right in. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, think, I think this is crucial and I'm saying it's crucial because I think there's, it's no one's fault this this happens, right? Absolutely. We're not laying blame. What happens is you are a young couple, mm-hmm. hy- hypothetically, in this a magical world, and you are your life is yours, and then you fall in love with potentially maybe somebody of the opposite sex or same sex or whatever. Mm-hmm. You get into a, a wedded or maybe cohabitating cohabitating situation, mm-hmm. which the focus is very much on that partner. It's the partnership, right? You're that's the only person. That's the person. That's the person. Like yeah. I, I was obsessed with my husband. Like it wasn't normal. I thought he was the hottest, coolest, most. I still think he is, but I obsessed with him. Mm-hmm. And then, but she's still in brush her teeth regularly though, because so I was Tina, fuck off not, about that. That was hygiene, <laughs> please. I'm obsessed with oral hygiene. It just sometimes falls off. Um, fuck, Tina. <laughs> You're obsessed with that, yeah. Obsessed with my husband, and but after we had kids, like obviously the momentum, the pendulum swings to a completely new being. Of course. And it's also so fucked being a new parent anyway. So absolutely. When are they calling you? Are you finding parents are getting younger and younger as they call you also like, like more uh, earlier, earlier, earlier in relationship? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I am. 
And I love when people come <laughs> when they're early because when they come when they're like already broken down and they're they're not communicating, it's it's a lot harder to to repair. But to answer your question, and also I want to acknowledge that you're right. There is a huge shift when two becomes three, right? right? When you go from a couple and you have your first, right? Your whole sense of self shifts, who you are in the world. I know, especially for mothers, you know, the body changes, the hormones are changing, the rule, like everything about who you are at the essence has changed. Mm -hmm. And so when you change as an individual, of course, that's going to affect your relationship. And your partner is also changing, they're, they're becoming a parent as well. So your sense of self, how you see yourself in the world. And often there's a lot of people right now like having kids later. When you have kids later, you feel like pretty confident in who you are. Maybe you have a really solid career and you have a great friend group and you're pretty solid with your family and you're, you, you feel confident going into parenthood. And then the shit hits a fan when you have your first child mm -hmm. because that whole sense of self, all those things that define your identity have changed. Your friends are shifting, your career has changed, who you are, like everything is changing. Mm -hmm. So the reason I bring this up is because um, in my membership program, I talk about the four seasons of every relationship. So there's coping, coasting, connected, and confident. So as soon as you start off as parents, you're going into the coping season. And I think it's important to name the season because to normalize the experience. It doesn't mean that your relationship is over. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean exactly what you said, Elena. It, ha it doesn't mean that you've done something wrong. Mm -hmm. It is. It's nobody's, it's nobody's fault. You wanted to become parents, usually, hopefully. Uh, you know, but there's, you're welcoming this new child into your world and that's changing things. Mm -hmm. And so when you have an external factor that pulls all of your time and resources, it, it takes time away from the relationship. So there are ways to stay connected mm -hmm. when you're in each of the so coping. Seasons. So coping. So coping is the the on ramp, <laughs> right? <laughs> is that what it is? The on ramp. You're okay. like holding on. You're like right. at the cliff edge. <laughs> yeah. So like how I would identify coping is there's a, a massive internal or external factor mm -hmm. that pulls all of your your resources. Okay. Can so that be all of childhood though? <laughs> is there I, is there a time frame for that? You know what I mean? Like obviously it's the first like few months or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But. I feel like sometimes there's periods that I'm still coping. Yeah. I'm still just coping. Absolutely. And my youngest is two. Yeah. Yes. So is there like a time frame for that or is there sort of like ebbing and flowing? Yes. I love that's a great question. So even if you think about the actual seasons, mm -hmm. you know, we're right now we're in winter here. Okay. But today it was like spring. Right. Okay. So that's an example of, yeah, we know generally speaking, we're in the winter season, uh -huh. but then there are going to be days where it's rainy like yeah. today or the sun is really shining or we're going to get another dump of snow in a month, right? right? But you still you still know, like we get glimpses of other seasons, right. but we know for the most part what season we're in. Oh my God, I in. love that analogy. Brilliant. But could you be in like connected and then tomorrow coping? Yeah, you could be. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I think that's yeah. what she's saying, right? Yeah. yeah. But you know that it's it has a time Yes. And that it's going to end mm -hmm. and that potentially there's a like a dawn of a new day. Yeah. There is right? light at the end of the tunnel right. in every stage. Yeah. That's exactly it. Love and it. yeah. And because when you can just identify and name the season, it takes the blame out of it. It doesn't take, you know, like when you're getting dressed for today, mm -hmm. you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to pack my umbrella. Great. So you're just equipping yourself with the proper tools so that you can go outside right. for whatever weather is waiting for you. Okay. So it's the same thing with your relationship seasons. Internal and external factors that are taxing. Exactly. That, that would put you in the coping season. So other things would be uh, 
a move, a change in job, financial stress, a, da- a death in the family, financial stress. Uh-huh. And how long is it, I guess, normal or whatever to be in that stage and having not shifted to the next season? It's not like, I I love what you said earlier. Like your youngest is two. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I am hesitant to give a number, Mm -hmm. but I would say like when your kids are three and under, if you have one child that is three and under, you're probably going to be experiencing the coping season. So that can be hard for people that have like we, I have had kids less than two, four, nine years. Yeah. Um, and I actually don't think I'm in just coping most of the time. But that's it, uh, right? But, but like I say, I mean, sometimes are more difficult than other times. Yes. But I think a lot of people, especially with their first, that light at the end of the tunnel effect hasn't really kicked in yet because they still are in that like the thick of it, that yes. mass mm-hmm. truck part. Yes. Um, you know, for people that are listening, what is like typical, would you say, of st- like staying in that coping? Like when people can expect to be there sometimes for three years, eh? That's a long part of your relationship. It is a long time. And a lot time. of people have another kid already. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean, <laughs> yes. Well, I I can even speak to my own experience. So our kids are two and a half years apart, and the, our first child came, and we felt like okay, we're like kind of managing. And I I like to call myself a recovering perfectionist, so I do like things a certain way. I've like operated at a certain capacity for most of my life, and then our first was born, and I kind of just like kept going, and. Uh, and kept doing what I was always doing. I really kept trying to like stay true to my sense of self, pre-kid sense of self. Mm-hmm. And then our second arrived and that I was not able to maintain that expectation of myself any longer. Mm-hmm. And and so after a year with two kids, I realized after that first year with two kids that I, I actually had postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. It, was, it hit me so hard. So for some people... Uh, I don't want to say postpartum depression will happen to everybody, but but what I mean is like um, the realities of becoming a parent will hit you at different different points along your journey. Yeah. Right. Whether yeah. that's one, two, three, four, it's going to be different for each person. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. When did you feel that you were out of coping? Yeah. No. Did I you? Was so funny. It's like when when I see my friends who have their first kid and the kid is like two, two and a half, and they're fucking cruising. I'm like, you are fucking cruising right now. Like the grass is green, and I say, Allison, like life for me is like a three color dial Mm. where like I'm living in the green and things are like easy street. It's like the orange where things are like a little bit red alert and then there's the red, right? Mm -hmm. And right now I toggle primarily between the orange and the green. Things are generally almost always okay. Mm -hmm. And then I would say for the first six months with Essa, things were really toggling between the orange and the, and the, and the red. Mm -hmm. Um, And now I think we're toggling back between the green and the, and the red. I mean, green in the... I'm surprised you would say that about red with Essa because I feel like things were actually quite nice. They were, her. but like in the early stages, like just... Well, sleep deprivation. I'm talking whatever. about relationships, right? We're talking about oh, like yeah. specifically our marriage. Like yes. things were... Things are always okay because I work... I actually work hard to make sure that they're okay. We go on a lot of dates, mm-hmm. a lot of sex. There's a lot of things happening, mm-hmm. but I... But those are intentional. And when the wheels fall off, it happens, you know? So um, even the best of us, it can really pummel, pummel the, the relationship, you know? So... Um, yeah, that's how, that's how I feel about that. But I feel like there's also, as you say, external factors, right? Yes. We moved in that time. We've had financial, I left my day job. Like, you know, the mm-hmm. financial cushion wasn't Starting there. a company. I started a company, exactly. Like, you know, um, I got pregnant again. Like this was, this one was not the one that was the most planned, um, but a blessing nonetheless. Mm-hmm. It was not the most planned. Is shade of I call it yeah. the, we, the we vibe baby. Yeah, right. We had too much sex with too many vibrators. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> apparently that causes pregnancy yeah 
<laughs> when you're not careful. Should tagline. I was still breastfeeding, um, which is not birth control. Um, but anyways, yeah, that's it. So I'm very curious, Allison, because I feel like we're just hitting the tip of the iceberg here about like what, what, where does this go, right? Because I think what mm-hmm. we want to, a lot of our listeners, I would say, are like, we have a lot of listeners every week and like they're young families for sure. They're young moms specifically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for sure, this is the, this is the elephant in the room, right? Like we can talk about the parenting is totally jaded it's a it's a jaded experience full of like not knowing right Mm -hmm. but this is really the big unknown is like your kids are gonna grow up they're gonna leave yes you know at the end of the day it's you and him or you and her or whatever your partnership or coupling is yeah like they are gone and it's just the two of you and you better have some shit to talk about you know yes outside of like is is the diaper clean or fucking did you take out you know did you I don't know. The co-parenting shit. The co-parenting shit. It's got to be more, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that you're saying that too because so after coping comes coasting. Okay, what's that? And this (laughs) coasting season is when there's no, no, there's nothing urgent in the coasting season. So we're coping, it's like, oh, things are urgent. Like you have small children who need you urgently for their survival Mm -hmm. and probably in the coasting season too. But in terms of your relationship, you're, there's nothing urgent that is pulling your attention things are relatively okay you're having time as a family you guys feel okay you're co-parenting you're you're a good team Mm -hmm. there's a lot of love but there probably isn't um a lot of intentionality specifically around the relationship Mm -hmm. so this is this is what i call the danger zone because when we get into the coasting season uh for a long time and that's where people can sit because there's nothing urgent Uh right that's what you just just described is like your kids move out and that's when you like the empty nest syndrome right? where couples find themselves not knowing each other anymore or mm-hmm. not having common interests because their common interest w- was their children, which right. is so wonderful and important. Right. But also I love that there's younger parents who are listening to this now mm-hmm. who are going to be taking action and realizing we need to take the time now, even though it is hard. It is going to be extra hard right now. And you you are going to have to put in the extra effort, but know that the extra effort in hell mm-hmm. is so worth the long-term effects. Yeah. And short-term, and short-term term too, right? Oh, like yes, absolutely. It takes, we, we haven't gone on a date in a while, but we're just on vacation, but we historically have been really like deliberate about like going out for dinners and going to comedy shows, which is like a shared interest. I think it's another thing. If you don't, like you probably have a shared interest with, with, with your partner. Problem is, as you change and you grow and you get older, maybe mm-hmm. those interests shifts. You may not have mm-hmm. the same interests as you did back in the day and hopefully you can find shared things but doing shared things together even if it means you know being more tired even if it means like a later night or even if it means finding a babysitter or using your village whatever at the end of it it feels so good that you did that and then you connect better and you parent better and you love each other more and it's just so much better for your family right but it's it's the investment in that right yes but it's hard though and i think a lot of people too have difficulty finding childcare. like that's such a big one we we talk about this all the time elena and i about like finding your village it doesn't have to be parents in the same city doesn't have to be a babysitter per se it could be your neighbor mm-hmm. it could be another friend I think it was Rhonda actually that was saying that when she was a kid she, she was a kid when she had young kids she like they would kind of co-parent the neighborhood children like mm-hmm. her and her husband would go for a walk out like walk when the kids were sleeping and the neighbors knew that they were out and so they were just kind of watching each other's kids but mm-hmm. not actually like you know physically having a babysitter mm-hmm. but if you could do that with you know with your community in some way mm-hmm. it's it's valuable for sure it is. I often say to my clients, you know, 
especially when your kids are, are, are littler, like under school age mm-hmm. specifically, it is harder to find childcare. You can't mm-hmm. just like get a 15 year old teenager to watch your kids when they are younger. Uh-huh. You need to like pay a little bit more to invest in someone that makes you feel secure because really ultimately it's about you feeling like it's okay for me to leave. I feel okay with this person who's looking after my, my child. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I do say to my clients, like, they find it difficult, and what I find often is that people find it difficult to spend the money to have somebody watch their child when they're like, well, I could just do a better job or I could just do that anyways. But if you're listening right now and you're feeling like a little bit burnt, mm-hmm. please just take a few hours once a week to mm-hmm. hire somebody so that you can have time for yourself. Like It really is so important for your kids, for you to be well rested and for you to take that time for yourself. And we think about, it's very easy to measure money, but it's not easy to measure mental health. Yeah. Right? So I want you to think about your mental health. If you spent, let's say, $1,000 this year on childcare versus, um, and knowing that that would prevent your mental health from getting into the red, would you do it? And the yes. answer is probably like $1,000. Yes. Hell yes, I would do it. Yeah. So sometimes we do need to have a measure for our mental health, for our well-being. Yeah. Because we are the center of our children's universe. They, they need us, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, we they need, need to, to be, be full, for sure. Yeah. I feel like for sure some people, the issue is money, like no doubt. Yeah. But I actually think from my conversations with moms, the issue is n- not the biggest about money. It's about like this inherent guilt about mm. not physically being there, even if your child is sleeping. What if my mm. kid gets sick? What if my child wakes up? What if this other person, no matter if I paid them $1,000 an hour, couldn't care for my child? Even your partner. A lot of people have difficulty leaving their child with their partner who's perfectly capable, but they have a lot of difficulty separating. And it's like a practice thing. Like I tell people, like mm-hmm. just try it for an hour with, yes. with your mom there, with your partner there, with someone you like the most person you trust in the world. Mm-hmm. It's practice. Try a little bit and then a little bit more and then a little bit more so that then you can step away with your partner and do something for you or go away with friends or go literally like go for a walk. Just Baby like steps. get out of the house. Yeah. But it's it truly requires practice for a lot of people. Yeah. I actually posted a couple of days ago on Instagram something to the effect of, you know, um, it's difficult to manage the guilt of wanting me time, you want me time so much, but then the guilt associated with taking that me time. And people like responded so much, like they had so many comments about people feeling like, yes, I know I need my time for me to recoup, to fill my bucket. And mm-hmm. I know inherently that it's going to help my family, my children, but I have so much guilt associated with it. Or I go get a manicure and the whole time I'm thinking about my kids or I go for a massage or I go with my partner or I go for a walk and I have so much guilt that I can't enjoy that time. Mm-hmm. What, do, what do we do with that? How do we fix that? How do we make people feel better about that? Yeah, I have so much to say about that and it's not a quick answer. And I like, as you're saying all these questions, I'm like, oh, I want to get in therapy. I want to like be in the room with <laughs> you. Like, because it really, it is so specific to each person, of course, of course. obviously. Yeah. Uh Oh man, I think it's not just the guilt piece. It's also the educating ourselves of why self-care is so important for everyone. Most of all for you, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and for that reason, I actually have a whole self-care toolkit that's a, like a, a lesson about educating why self-care is so important, how it's not selfish, how it really is a gift to you and everyone in your life. Uh, so if anybody wants to get that, it's totally free on my website. But um, 
And so what does self-care mean really? Like a lot of people think it means they have to go and pay for something. They have to go get a manicure or a massage or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think self-care is like doing anything, even if it's for five minutes, mm-hmm. that is about you. Yeah. You're thinking about you feeling good in that moment and you're not thinking about your child or the dentist appointment you have to make or paying taxes or making dinner. It's mm-hmm. like what makes you feel you, what you were now and what you were before that makes you feel like a normal person where you kind of like your thoughts about your kids are not at the forefront. Yeah, But that could be going for a walk. It doesn't have to be anything that you invest really much time or financially into at all. Absolutely. So self-care is the intentional act of restoring yourself. And you're totally right when you say it could be five minutes or it could look like a day at the spa for you. I mean, that's an extreme version. Mm -hmm. And if you can do that, that's wonderful. But for for many of us, like we need to figure out how to weave self-care into our regular life. And that might look like putting your baby down for a nap and allowing yourself to have a cup of tea and put your feet up. You might not be able to sleep while your baby's sleeping. So don't just let yourself have a rest. Mm -hmm. Just put your feet up and chill for a minute. It might look like walking around the block, listening to your podcast uh, after the kids go down. It might, you know, it's, it's going to look, it's going to be so unique, but there's different ways. I go through this in the, my self-care recipe, like how to find like two minute versions of self-care or 10 minute versions. Or if you, some people really need the social aspect. Some people need to be alone. It's going to be so different for each Or all person. of those things. Right. I feel like I need all those things. I need to, I need to see my girlfriends. I need to have time yeah. with Andrew. I need to have time by myself. I, yes. And it's minutes throughout the day and sometimes bigger amounts, right? Yeah. Well, what do you, I feel like self-care kind of is like dirty word now or this dirty term. Oh, it's so overused. It's so overused and like it's so much in the media and yeah, social media, I whatever. Hard, I have a hard time with it. I think for yeah. me, yeah. I like for me, self-care is immersive. Like I need to remove myself from my life and like, when you were saying like time with the spouse, I'm going with Matt, my husband for four days in like two weeks mm-hmm. and I cannot fucking wait to just be with my husband and for us to just do something that is, I'm somebody who like, I'm the opposite, you know, I'm just like, I look for any excuse not to think about my kids. I look for any excuse to like leave my kids alone. And it's not that I don't love my kids. I desperately need so much me time Mm -hmm. in order to feel complete. And I think what my mission through Moms Toronto has been and subsequent properties is to allow women to to the permission to pick themselves first, right? Mm-hmm. And then, therefore, the the trickle down effect of everything else. I used to think that self care was totally a dirty word and something that like either people with money did, or people with people with nannies did, or people that people with, you know, that were like namasteing all over town, right? Like they just were. That was their life was yoga and eating healthy, and that's defined them. What I've learned recently is women who are like a little bit like a smidgen older than me who like haven't figured out is that self care for them is like it's not selfishness at all. It's complete self-preservation yeah. so that they are the best person of themselves, version of themselves. So that's why, like, honestly, I've been brushing my teeth. I've been washing my face. I've been taking showers on the regular. Mm-hmm. Not because I used to think that was self-care. It's not. That's hygiene. And the other things that I do are are self-care, right? Like, anyways, I love this conversation. And this literally could be a podcast all by itself. <laughs> this could be in a, a whole series. Yeah, But um, truly, self-care yeah. is the foundation of being in a healthy relationship as well. Interesting. So we're saying self-care is for you, yourself, and you. Right. Yes. And then what is it called when you bring your partner into that? So this Question. is where it's super, uh, super special because uh, and when you're in the coping season, especially, right, your new parents, you each need your individual time. You need to feel like yourselves as individual people before you can be an awesome couple together. That is when you need the most self-care, by the way, during this coping yes. stage. That, that's just when people spend the least time 
by themselves or with others, whatever it is that fills their bucket, Mm -hmm. that's when people spend the least time. And that is when you need it the absolute most because you're at the edge all the time and you're emotionally labile and you're not getting sleep and you're probably not eating that great and you're not connecting with your partner. So everything feels like a shit show. Mm -hmm. And so if you take those couple of minutes or the day or or vacation for four days, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, that is going to be so valuable Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. your self-preservation, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So the key is when it comes to your relationship is actually getting on board with each other's self-care. Love it. And being each other's biggest cheerleaders when it comes to self-care. My husband is an avid cyclist. It's his hobby. And I don't know if you know any cyclists, but like he doesn't just like ride for 30 minutes. He rides for like days, hours, three to five hours, like 200 kilometers for fun. You know, this is this is like his joy. Like he loves it. This is his therapy. And this is when he gets back in touch with himself and he Mm. feels amazing when he gets back. I'm going to be totally honest with you. When our kids were little, I was like, F you every Mm -hmm. Saturday morning when he left me with our small children because I was in the weeds and we, I was coping, we Mm -hmm. were coping, but also I wasn't making that space for my own Mm self-care and that's why I felt such resentment for him. And my guess is if you had wanted it, your husband would have been very supportive of it. 100%. But you probably, and he probably asked you, like, do you yep. want an, a day for yourself? Do you want a, an yeah. hour for yourself? And you're probably like, no, I'm great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing just fine, yeah. right? I mean, I see this a lot in friends and, and patients, right? Like, oh, no, I'm totally fine. You're, t- you're right. Go, go for your run or, or for the ride. And then he's out for the ride and you're like, fuck him, you know? Yeah. yeah. Or it just feels so complicated yeah. to take that self-care time. Yes. That's the truth. How right? do you yeah. wrap your head around that? So yeah. I have to tell you, Matt, Matt and I both do yoga. We're not like, in the best yoga shape, you know, but we love yoga and it really for both of us is our medicine. Mm-hmm. And he, his like offices for the last three years, we have a studio that has literally three locations and his office has been like in a four block radius of all three locations. So he goes at lunchtime from his like day job mm-hmm. and on the weekends, he's like, go to yoga. And I'm always like, I can't go. And it's not because I don't want to go. I desperately want to go. It's yes. logistically yeah. feels impossible to leave on a Saturday yes. to go, you know, sit in Shavasana, even if I suck in the class, it's just about physically going. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, that's honestly, that's so funny. It's like yoga just came into our life about five years ago. Um, but like it is our thing we love to do together. It's a thing we love to do separately. And it's a thing that I love to like, if he's like, oh, babe, can I do a yoga class at five o'clock today after work? I'm like, absolutely, babe. Like whatever makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I think f- that you just really hit a chord with me, Allison, because yeah, I would love to like go to yoga at 9 a.m. on a Saturday every single week. It's not realistic for me. So I'll go twice a week if I can, midweek. Mm-hmm when I can squeeze together the time in my calendar. Maybe if you scheduled it though and it became known beforehand. No, I know, but let's say the Saturday at nine o'clock, I mean. Maybe. Because I feel like Matt would be supportive of it. You would just have to like know and if you say it out loud and he knows and you know. I think after I have this kid, it'll probably come back into our life in a real serious way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think for me, it's not necessarily like I'm trying to play like some sacrificial lamb and like, you know, put me to slaughter because I'm like, helpless mom it's like mm-hmm. i literally logistically have a hard time yeah wrapping yeah, my head around it and yeah. for a little time for about a year we had a saturday nanny it was just somebody who came on saturdays it was the best yeah, you it loved awesome. it, you loved it. Yeah. and she stopped being able to come on saturdays but if i could make that arrangement to have somebody mm. who's my primary caregiver and matt and i used to go to yoga together in the middle of the day it was a really actually wonderful thing and now that i'm discussing with you i realize i really <laughs> should 
find my Saturday nanny. So if you're listening and if you have somebody, <laughs> if you want to be my childcare provider on Saturdays, hit me up. I'm very findable. Um, okay. So we have, we have, I, my thing, Allison, that's making me really sad is watching a few of my friends who are like just 10 years into their marriage and just, they're just calling it. Mm-hmm. They're just yeah. They're like seven the to 10 year business. Yeah. The 17, yeah. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it a lot. And mm-hmm. it's, I have a lot of friends that have divorced like just, or separated too. Yeah. It's just surfacing everywhere. And it's like, okay, they got over like their youngest is four or whatever, mm-hmm. or their youngest is six mm-hmm. and they're just on the other side of it yeah. and they're shrugging their shoulders. Like, I don't know this person. We got nothing in common. I'm not my parents' generation. I don't need to just like put in the time for the sake of what. Mm-hmm. And people are just like, and fine, divorce is an option. I get it. I get it. But it's like, it, it cripples me a bit that people mm-hmm. I'm, that I really respect and I thought on the outside, obviously have great marriages and there's obviously other things happening there. Mm-hmm. But I'm terrified of divorce and I have to be honest. Like, we have a lot of good stuff. We also have a lot of hard stuff. But like, I'm married very hard to my husband, but there can be a fracture and a fracture can turn into a real, you know, <coughs> I don't know what does a fracture turn into. <coughs> needing metal, needing metal rods. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I I want to just acknowledge. First of all, I I do not believe in staying together for the kids. So right, I do believe that people can separate amicably, and I have seen it. I've supported it, and I've witnessed it on on many occasions that. Uh, it is you can co-parent in a healthy and loving way, and move forward and find other partners that are better suited for each parent. Right. So I have seen that, um, and yeah. So I don't believe people need to stay together for the kids. But I'm hearing what you're saying is that for you, you w- you want to stay together, and you want. I, b- I believe in death do us part. Like I just believe in the yeah. sanctity of marriage. I just something I believe in. Mm-hmm. So I really I want to protect my marriage, and that's why I'm so keenly interested in your wisdom because <laughs> even the people who on the face of it have very strong marriages things can happen yes right things can blow up things can happen so, help me Allison help me <laughs> like Rhonda help me Rhonda but I also Go. love what you're saying too is that seemingly yeah. you know these from the outside seemingly things seem okay yeah and I can tell you as a therapist who gets very like who gets windows into people's personal lives like we don't really know what's going on of course behind closed doors behind closed doors and sometimes we project ideas onto other people that we want to believe or that might feel more comfortable or more might fit our image of what we want things to look like or looks really great on social media yeah oh my gosh social media is like can be Mm. so wonderful and also such a curse as i know a couple of people that i thought they were having great marriages and like posted their beautiful family and it was such a great weekend and whatever and then like a week later now they were divorcing and i was like wow you like chose to post this it was just so weird to me like it wasn't like you just decided to divorce Mm -hmm. why did you just show your beautiful happy family and everyone was like you guys look amazing what a nice vacation and then announced you're like getting divorced i'm like that's so weird that we're like projecting that yeah because it wasn't and you didn't decide to get divorced two days ago you know i don't know who announced i only know one social media influencer in the mommy's year that i follow who recently announced like the breakup of their family it's not something that people like. No, no, I'm saying the opposite. No, no, I'm saying the opposite. People that posted, let's say on a Saturday, their beautiful, happy family. We went hiking together today and it was yeah. so lovely, whatever. And then literally like two or three days later, I found out from other people that they were oh, divorcing. they didn't post it on it. No, they didn't post they were divorcing. They uh, posted this beautiful, happy family. And then you found out privately they were divorcing. And, and I was like, yeah. that's why, why did you do that? It's kind of weird. Like, why did you? People are grasping at straws. They want to keep up an image. I don't know. I guess. 
But okay, so so when you see people unraveling in their marriages or their mm-hmm. partnership, mm-hmm. they've gone through the coping and they're in the coasting. Is that when it's happening? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when you, the great news is that even if you're listening right now and you're like, oh my gosh, there's other seasons after coping. Yeah. Right? Like, it's like, I can't. That's even, definitely our demographic is yeah. the ones who are living in the coping. I love yeah. that. Yes, because there, there is, it gives you hope that, oh my gosh, it is going to end. And so that seven to 10 year mark can be when people have sat in the coasting season. Mm-hmm for let's say like four to five years Mm -hmm. or longer, right? And we want you to move from coasting to connected because when you're connected, that means that's like when you are, you're both supporting each other's self-care. It's a consistent part of your life. Uh You have uh, a clear family vision, family and relationship vision, and you're working towards your intimacy vision as well, which is not just physical. It's all the, all the things. So there so that seven to 10 period is like seven to 10 year period can be when you're we're sitting and coasting for too long. Having said that, like Dina, you're a perfect example of, you know, your kids are your youngest is two. So you've been like coping, coasting for a bit, but we know that you've had glimpses mm-hmm. of the other seasons. Yeah. Um, amidst that. Yes. Right? Yeah, and we work hard at that. That's really important to me. Yes. And because I have had so many friends that have divorced or separating or or not even, but they don't like their marriages and they're unhappy marriages. Yeah, they hate their husbands or, you know, I I go for dinner with people and they're like just complaining about their partners all the time and it makes me really sad and I want, I I really, I I don't want that for myself. I wonder if it's just the reindeer games. Like, I'm sometimes around people and they're like, my husband's this. I'm like, I can complain oh. about my husband too, nonstop. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. could. Yeah. Use but your I sort words of do it carefully. as like, yeah, I sort of like sometimes find I'm tripping into reindeer games and I'm like, it becomes this sort of verbal diarrhea where everyone else is talking, bashing their husbands. And then my sort of joke that I sort of ended with was just like, it's okay. They're all going to die before us anyways. And we're all going to end up in the same <laughs> retirement home anyways. Right. So it's just us girls in the end. So like, yeah, yeah, sisterhood. But at the end of the day, honestly, like, maybe it's just my talk. husband's a dick sometimes. I love him almost 95% of the time. Almost. There's 5% of the time where I'm like, I want you like to be someone else, but you're not. This is who you are. This is who I married. And we're good. But there is that 5% where for sure I can husband bash all the live long day. But that 5%, I don't want it to become 10% or 15%. I don't want the percentage. So like anything I can do to mitigate this. Yes. Allison, I'm going to pick up anything you're putting down. Yeah. So so. I think not focusing on it for one. Yeah. You know, like if you're always thinking about that 5% of the time, always being an asshole, that if you perseverate on that, that's going to build and build and build. You know, I came home from Mom Boss. We did an event last week and I came home and I just cried in his arms. I was like, you're the most supportive, (laughs) the most loving. You afford me everything. You afford me. You've never, I've never wanted for anything. You've never said no to me and you let me do everything I want. Mm-hmm. Like, and I like have a little hissy fit sometimes about like, what do you mean? I can't go away for six days by myself and leave you with two kids. Like he <laughs> lets me do everything. So as much as sometimes it's, it's easy to say my husband's aggravating me right now. Mm-hmm. Like I have to celebrate those moments because he's fucking awesome. You know? Yeah. But yes. I have to almost like put it out in the world. Okay. So we're, we're cope, we're coping, <laughs> we're coasting, we're entering our seven to 10 year marriage situation. Mm -hmm. And it is so important to do these, these steps, which is support each other's self care. Yes. Primarily connect in an intimate way that isn't necessarily penis and vagina fucking, but Mm -hmm. also matters. But that's Mm -hmm. also good. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also what you just said, Alana, you said I came home and I cried because I realized how much I have and how grateful I feel. Yeah. And so, expressing how you feel out loud gratitude. Mm. your gratitude yeah like uh, gratitude practice with your partner and with your kids magic right yeah. 
if you can weave that into your daily life, whether it's like say three things right before you like your head hits the pillow, like it right. doesn't need to be complicated. Expressing gratitude for each other or for even the life that you're building together, yeah, hugely powerful. Can can I share what we do? I think mm. I feel like Atlanta knows this. I'm not sure if we spoke about it on the with podcast. Yeah, with our kids. Yeah. So every night at dinner, I would, I would say ninety five percent of the time at dinner, mm-hmm. every night we do what was our favorite part of the day and what are we thankful for. I know a lot of people do like rose and thorn and whatever and what do you not love. I don't like to focus on the negative. Not to say that we don't talk about the negative because we do and I don't squash that. But um, but I feel like when kids talk about what they're thankful for, the older kids too bring an awareness to the younger kids about what like really we should be thankful for. Like it's not the toy. It's like we have a roof over our head and we have food on our plates and those kind of things. Like the bigger kind of life things that I want my kids to learn about, you know, the world, the real world, world, mm-hmm. um, and we do it too as as adults as well. Mm-hmm. And and oftentimes, actually, our answers, I would say, eighty percent of the time, Andrew and I is self care moments. It's like on the weekend, it's like I got to go for a long run, or you guys had a lovely nap, and I got to be by myself. It's like stuff like that, and we we say that openly because I think it's really valuable for them to enjoy their individual yes. time, and for me to be open about the fact that I also really enjoy my individual time. <laughs> yes. and it makes me feel like a real person, yeah. and yes. we're not bullshitting around that. Like my favorite part of the day is less than 50% of the time, my time with my child per se, but it was doing other things or being by myself. Yeah. Um, something you said before resonated with me and I want to comment on it. Um, what you said as well, Alana, but you were saying that like supporting each other, mm-hmm. I want to add supporting each other with no strings attached. Absolutely. Because I think a it's lot of people are like, um, uh, you got to go for a run yesterday, so boo, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to like, you got that, and now I get that, and we're just going to accept that we're supporting each other in a positive way, as opposed to like holding it, you know, yes. over their heads, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's asking for what you need, not like asking for permission. It's mm-hmm. saying, "I, I'm going to do that yoga class on Thursday." Not, "Can I do the yoga class on Thursday?" Mm-hmm. Right? Like it's 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 taking space for yourself unapologetically, and and supporting each other in that. So I'm I'm naturally come from a family that my parents showed a lot of affection and love, I think. And they were very complimentary towards one another. So I'm extraordinarily complimentary to my husband, but to a lot of people. I find myself I'm constantly, it's how I affirm, it's how I mm. it's how I make people feel important, I think. And that's mm-hmm. my secret sauce. Is like I tend to compliment, but I'm totally genuine. Like mm-hmm. I will tell you, you look great, or I like this item or whatever. I'm complimenting constantly. And with my husband, I can't help it, but like it is part of my daily habits is I tell him that I think he's hot or I tell him like uh, like he'll come down in a pair of jeans or something and I'm like you look so hot right now do not go to any coffee shop because you will get hit on <laughs> like I say stuff like that right uh-huh. so and he loves that shit right he is that so, so that's his love language that's he, he likes compliments and yep. he likes touching. So it's like physicality. Yeah. And and he like what words are not for me. Andrew's getting uncomfortable with this conversation. Andrew's love language is the complete opposite of that. Which is gifting. Uh no it's Free, I think space. Yeah. I feel like your your love language is space, um, which is <laughs> weird, right? Every yeah. week with us for the last eighteen he, months on this podcast, he um, he <laughs> doesn't like touch. Uh-huh. Not that. Not like. Sounds weird. It makes you sound like you were abused or something. <laughs> but he doesn't like like he's like the last person ever in the whole world to get a massage. He doesn't like even if I put my hand on his shoulder like that, yeah. that makes him feel uncomfortable. Uh-huh. It's weird. I don't know. He's always been that way. Um, and yeah, if I was like, you look hot in that, he'd be like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Like, no, that'd be like Matt so unlike down, him. And, but I feel it. Like, yes. Matt will come down sometimes and he's wearing Nobody a specific feel it. sweater yeah. and a specific pair of jeans. I'm like, oh my God, you are so fuckable right now. Yeah, but he loves like, that. He eats yeah. it up. But if I, also, I said it to Andrew, he'd be like, sorry? <laughs> Andrew, if you came down, he'd right? like, you look so fuckable. You'd be like, who are you? Yeah, he seriously <laughs> would be. He would be like, this is so bizarre. I love this. I don't think you've ever called me fuckable. 
<laughs> no, no. <laughs> Um, but you know yeah, what but works like, for you, right? Totally, totally. Like so we, yeah. What are the love languages? Can we go through them? Because actually, I think I thought it was gifting and touching, affirmation. Yes. Yeah, so words of affirmation. Yeah. Receiving gifts. Uh, quality time. Quality time. There's one more. There's two more. Oh, there's five. <laughs> there's five. Uh-huh. Uh, what are those things for us? Oh my we'll gosh. Come back. Okay, awesome. Quality time alone. <laughs> but also quality time together. But yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like when, when, so like, here's an example. So we came home, which is like all personal now, but we came, I came, we come from work and we, we both got home at 5.30 and the kids were eating, the kids were done eating and they were going to go play now. Okay. So now we have the next, whatever, hour and 15 minutes before bedtime. I was like, do you want to go for a run? Andrew's like, yes, love that. And mm-hmm. then he went for a run. And I think you probably felt loved by me because I gave <laughs> you that time. I don't know. He seemed like it. It seemed like it was. Yes. So I, it, I guess it was a gift. Yeah. It's not a physical gift, but yeah. it was a gift of him not having to co-parent for that moment and having his own time. And then when we went to put the kids together, uh, to bed together, together, mm-hmm. he was happy. He was whole. I was happy that I gave him that free time. And then we all did it all together, the bedtime as we normally would. Mm-hmm. Acts of service. That's Acts, it. Of, Acts of service? Is that a that's thing? The other one. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's my, so that's my what we do, I think. love language for me is he does that naturally, but he also will do acts of service for me and gifting. That's how he thinks I like the language, which I do. Mm-hmm. And he likes the affirmation, affirmation. and the sexuality and stuff like that. So yeah. that's mm-hmm. how we roll. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're at five to seven years. We're trying hard to salvage this <laughs> marriage. Yeah. I'm like so obsessed with this. I just have so many good people in my life and I'm like, I'm sad for them and that's their decision. Mm-hmm. But like if there could be any... I don't know. We know divorce rates are on the rise. We know it's okay to get divorced. And I'm mm-hmm. not saying there's anything wrong with that. I think it's that. more than 50%, right? I don't know. Is it more than 50%? I, 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 certain in Canada, I don't know the, the stats. Yeah. Here's, here's what I think. And you could tell us like actually scientific stuff. But my friends that have gone through this, what I think happens, at least in the people that I know, is you're anecdotally. so... Anecdotally, of yeah, course, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, and patients do, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and I'm in this stage too. Like we've been married a long time. We've married... 12 years, 13 years, 12 years. Yeah. Um, we've been, and we've been together for a really long time, 18 years. Um, like half my life, literally. Um, what I think happens is people have kids. So they're together. They love each other. They're into shared things. They're obsessed with each other. Sex is great. All that stuff. Mm-hmm. Then you have a kid and you get really focused on the kid. And then you have another kid and you get really focused on the kid. Mm-hmm. And there's always stuff happening and doing. And it's hard to like, like really like think about your life and your marriage and your or your partnership mm-hmm. and where you guys are in life because there's always stuff happening. Mm-hmm. And then your kids get a bit older and let's say you've been together, let's say 10 years, your youngest is, I don't know, whatever, maybe five, just as an example, because that, that, that would be a very common, typical thing. And now there's less like sleep training and eating stuff and like all these new challenges you're kind of coasting with your kids. Mm-hmm. And then there's less kind of like bonding you, if that makes sense. She's connecting, that's the next, yeah. the next season. But also I think a lot of people change as we get older, right? And I'm going to change. Andrew's changing. You're changing. We're all changing. We're just different people. Always growing. And the things you might have loved, you may not love anymore, or you may not have the same kind of loves for things anymore. Or Mm -hmm. over these years, you found new loves for things that your partner maybe doesn't love. And so things kind of go, you know, how do you, how do you reach a crossroads where you may not have the same kind of shared stuff anymore? Okay. So the magic word Mm -hmm. is curiosity. We need to stay curious about mm. our partners. A lot of us just make assumptions. Oh, I know what they're going to say. Mm. I know how they feel about that. I know you feel like I know everything about them. And yes, you might know a lot of details about someone when you've been with them for 10, 
15, 20 years. But it's exactly what you just said is that we're always growing. We are. Like, especially as parents, you're always, you're, you're learning things from your kids, like by the minute, mm-hmm. you know, especially in those early, early days. So we need to stay curious about our partners. Like, you know, yeah, our kid was up all night last night. How are you, how are you today? Like, how did that change you? Because, <laughs> you know, when you go through that, it does change you it at does. the core. That's so interesting. It really, really does. Yeah. And we forget to actually, like, we're doing this amazing thing where we're, like, focused on the kids. Like, imagine yourselves, like, your kids are in your arms. Both of you are focused on the kid. And if all you did was just look up and realize, oh, my gosh, like, change the view. Like, mm-hmm. where are we looking together? And then look at each other instead of just keeping your head down on the kids, right? Mm-hmm. Just lift just lift your focus and to, and be curious about yeah. each other. I love that. I love that curiosity. So, okay, so you're in that phase and you're finding your partner to you're being curious about their wants, desires, how they're feeling, checking in. Yeah, like what podcast are you listening to right now? Yeah. What did you hear on the news today? How did you feel about it? You know, like like really, really simple things. Yeah. My husband's a news junkie, so I often will like listen to the news, but I know he's already read like fifteen whatever sound bites that's happened. And then I'll like literally just turn to him and be like, what's happening. Right. Cause that's like uh. an important thing for him to be my news broadcaster, you know? Yeah. Um, and he's always like up on technology and he'll tell me whatever's happening. Like the Shopify summit was canceled from coronavirus or whatever it was. Like he loves to be the person to tell me that stuff. And I love receiving that information from him, you know? Uh, and it's so, not related to your kids. So it's a it's different totally not hobby to our kids. Right. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. So we like, we find, I guess other ways to connect and he like, <laughs> whatever's happening in his work and stuff like that. I, I also found like, I know this is interesting. If you ask people about their commute to work or their commute home from work, they love their commute. Like even if it's a or really hate long it. commute, they, a lot of people love it because even though you can say they hate it, but like, you know, I'm not talking about like a subway getting crammed in, but like you put on your iPad or your iPod or your headphones, iPod. Your, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like uh, that's the last time I listened to something on a commute, I guess. <laughs> I had an iPod. When is a commute? 2015. Yeah. last time I was on a commute. But like I remember driving to work and like being in traffic and even it was 40 minutes and I didn't love... It, it was like my time to clear my head where I wasn't talking to anybody. No one was talking to me. And it was like my time to chill or whatever. Right? You got to choose how That's you right. spend that time. That's exactly it. Yeah. But recently my, I find like my husband and I actually like, like I will even drive him to work. So we have that time together. So I don't mm-hmm. know. We're protecting moments in our day. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find out if there's a magic bullet. <laughs> I think you're doing marriages, it. <laughs> and I want you to tell me, Allison, how to get there. I feel like what you're is, doing good stuff. We're trying. I mean, yeah. I'm experimenting. It's so important to me. I think because my husband has been married before, he's also marrying me really hard. So I'm marrying him back really hard. And, <laughs> you know, I think there's that infatuation that we still have for each other that sort of, that hasn't fizzled yet. You know, we're like, mm-hmm. we're sort of grasping at that a bit. Anyways, tell us more about next phase. <laughs> so connecting, what people do when they connect. What does that mean? Well, first of all, I, I think it's also so important to acknowledge how, like expressing how you feel, whether it's like the good feels or the not so good feels, mm-hmm. is is a like essential part of your communication, especially during coping and coasting and all of the seasons. But like you need to say how you're feeling. So whether that's to your partner or also like, your own expression, whether that's journaling or like singing or moving or like just like getting it out of your system. Whenever there's stuff going on, Mm -hmm. it's important that you are expressing it. So again, when you're talking about like that seven to 10 period, like Mm -hmm. year period when you're seeing breakdowns, like often people just carry that. Whatever they're feeling, if it's something messy, they're just holding it and holding it and holding it. Yeah. So like, please like give yourself permission to- Force yourself. 
Yes. Yeah. It's, to download it's, it somewhere. It's going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? It's, it's again, like it might be uncomfortable now, but in the long term, it's, it's better out than in. Right. I love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Connected season. Yes. Yeah, so how do Sorry. we connect? So connected season is you want to have a clear family and relationship vision. So that's looking, looking at what your values are and getting clear on what that looks like in action. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will say, you know, like my, uh, you know, spending time with our family is, is the most important thing to me, but then their, their day-to-day life doesn't reflect that. So it's really diving deep and really uh, in Couple Sandbox, my membership program, I like guide couples through this process in detail. It's not just a quick like, <laughs> oh, but, it, but the idea is that you want to know what the next five to 10 years is going to look like in detail. Does that look like you're, you maybe want to have one more child? Does that look like you're done having kids and that maybe you're ready to pick up skiing in two years because your kids will be old enough? Does it look like you wanting to maybe do a family sabbatical year? Does it look like what, what do you want Mm -hmm. for your family and for your relationship? It's not just the family vision. It's not just about your planning for your retirement. That's we're talking about like living your best life in these upcoming years. I love that. Yeah. I think a lot of people think like you say, like retirement and what does it look like when your kids leave the house, but Mm -hmm. there's so many more kind of pieces along the way. Like why are we just thinking, you know, 40 years out. Or yeah. Years let's out. enjoy the journey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When your kids are young too, cause they're only young now. Like they're not, they're only going to get older. Yeah. They're only going to get maybe less interested in hanging out with you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, those moments are, are short. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's, I've done so much of visioning in my life when it comes to business and business strategy. Totally. And it's, the only time I've ever, my husband and I, so funny, I have such vivid memories and I probably have a photo of it somewhere. Right before we got married in 2014, or whatever the year was, 2014, 15, five years ago, we sat down at an all-you-can-eat sushi restaurant in Toronto, and it was like one of these, like had a pencils on the table, and it was tablecloths that were like basically butcher paper, and we drove out like five buckets, and like these, our five-year strategic plan of like, this is what we want for our marriage, this is what we want for our income, this is what we want for our careers, and we like wrote out a plan, and I took a photo of it. It was like a total like, you know, planogram, a dia- a diagram of like what the next five years would look like. And I'd say we'd almost achieved a lot of those things. Um, Do you still want those same things that you wanted then? I mean, I don't know, Dean, if I were to look at the photo, they weren't, they were pretty like, they were pretty like basic white girl stuff. It was like a family, a job, a, a workout, yeah. <laughs> Some you know, whatever yeah. the like white girl dream is. Now probably is like Blundstones. I bought them in 2013. So, you know, a fresh pair of Blundstones. Um, yeah, I think I would probably look back at that and feel pretty accomplished yeah. with what we achieved. It's like a vision board, right? It is a vision board. Yeah. And it was weird because it was for our marriage. And mm-hmm. I it was the only time I'd ever done that exercise. And now that you're saying it, I think I'm, I used to work for the Jewish community. I used to get access to a lot of like very learned spiritual people. Um, and I remember this Rebetzin, which is the wife of a rabbi, once said, and I, it like resonated. She said, sometimes you have a bad decade. That's what mm. she said in a marriage. She's like, sometimes it's a bad 10 years. And then the next 10 years Holy might shit. be really, really good. And Aww. I was like, a bad decade. <laughs> what the fuck is she talking about? But now I understand a bit. Like, mm-hmm. like it's sometimes really hard yeah. to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And sometimes I can take a really long time. But I almost want this to be like a, a cheerleading episode being like, if things are tough, like, 
there's you can people do it. out there, Allison, right? There's the sandbox <laughs> tools. There's mm-hmm. there's people. There's things that you can do. You're not alone and that you can, you can write this shit yourself. down. You can support yes. yourself and you're not a victim of the life in which you picked. You can you can you can advocate for it's 2020 but this is the year of the woman like we can do it's international women's day this week like we can do motherfucking anything you know mm-hmm. um if we can open a clinic and be like the number one pediatrician in the world here <laughs> let's go there tiktok doctor whatever um, that means yeah you know and like revolutionize motherhood and like build an online revolution for people to be able to connect with their marriages i just think like ugh, we're not helpless like Absolutely. We're not our parents' generation. We know so much more. Mm-hmm. And even though they really married each other, a lot of them, and like stayed married, maybe not for the right reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we can maybe stay together for the right reasons. That's yes. what I hope for. And probably for early a higher intervention quality. is probably... Yeah. A higher quality. I yes. love that. Of relationship, right? Yeah, I love that. Okay, so what happens after Connected? There's one more season that we There's one more season, and that is the confidence season. Okay. So when you're in the confidence season, it means that you, your self-care practice is like... A no-brainer. It's like embedded in your life, in your schedule. Your kids know it's there. You support each other. It's it's just a no-brainer. It happens all the time. You're working towards your family and relationship vision. You're clear on that together. So you know what's amazing? And I know there's a lot of talk about what happiness is. And everyone can agree that happiness is the journey of feeling that you're moving towards your purpose Uh and feeling purposeful, right? Right. So it's the same thing in your relationship. You want to feel like you have a purpose together. So that's why the family and relationship vision is so important. Backtrack just a little bit what you said about um, when you were writing down your your five-year buckets Mm -hmm. pre-marriage. This is a super common thing is that before we get married, we're like, we want the house. We want the kids. We want, we like, like, you know what you want. And those are your values. So you know what you want. It's super, super clear. Also, those happen to be very um, socially acceptable and socially supported values. So those are, they tend to be really common. But what we find happening is that after you have the kids, a lot of parents don't have a vision beyond that. Right. There's no vision of like, well, our life ends after having kids right. or everything stops. And that's where we need to renegotiate. Like, uh, I don't, I don't, if my mom's listening to this, she doesn't like when I say this, but you know, like we, maybe our parents didn't give us that modeling of like, right. your life doesn't have to end after you have kids. You can still be your own people. Right. But that piece of like relooking at your values and making sure every year you check in on your family and relationship vision, you don't just do it one time. It's right. going to always be, flowing and growing and moving but you're checking in about it all the time it's not just one and done nothing is ever one and done mm-hmm. in your relationship just for the record right. right you can't just have one talk one time it's gonna that's ongoing talks always always yeah. so confidence season <laughs> is you're working towards that family and relationship vision and you you now have a lot of time and space and emotional trust and safety to really get fun and creative in your intimacy. So that's going to be different for every single relationship. Some people, intellectual intimacy is going to be really, really important. For others, it's emotional, spiritual, physical. So it's getting clear on what intimacy really looks like for you. Mm -hmm. Exploring your own sensuality, your own sexuality. There's so many layers Mm -hmm. to the intimacy piece. It's not to say the intimacy isn't there for all the seasons, but this is where things are really good. You've gone through a lot of stuff and through all of those challenges, that's where a lot of deep connection and growth comes from. So if you're able to like express how you feel and ask for what you need, 
during the the coping and coasting seasons, oh my gosh, the foundation of trust that you have in your relationship is going to be amazing to build your intimacy and really get to play and explore that element of your relationship. So it's, we talked about spiritual, we talked about emotional, emotional, we talked about intellectual. And what does that physical. mean? Intellectual. Physical. Intellectual. So being challenged, I think being able to have a conversation with somebody. Hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, your example of asking your husband about the news, that's something that's important to him. Yeah. And you recognize that. Right. So that's being intellectually intimate. Like you're tuning into something that's yeah. important to him. Right. Yeah. And he sends me articles all the time. Like mm-hmm. if you look at, you know, on your iPhone, I don't know if anyone has this, but like you can look at info from like the person you're talking to. Mm-hmm. It says I, and you look next to my info with Matt, like the amount of articles the man sends me in a day is like, mm. it's crazy. Like he's never stopped slipping me stuff and he knows what I, that's what I like. So mm. we know what gets each other, what we're interested in, you know, yeah. those like meaty pieces that aren't necessarily, you mm-hmm. know, here's like a porn hub link. Like it's yeah. not that it's like, yeah, you're staying curious. Yeah, we're like, staying that's curious. what Andrew would want me to send him. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you do? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> What I need to mix it up just to like make yeah. things interesting for him. Um, <laughs> you give me ideas. What what do, what do you suggest to people that um, you know? Like for me, I would love to do this like vision boarding kind of stuff. I, don't, I actually don't really do it in life, but I would love to sit down and be like, "This is what I would love to do in two years, and five years, and ten years." What does one do if their partner is not similarly interested in doing that kind of work? That's a great question. I get this question all the time, and I can honestly say to you that when one person does the work, it impacts the relationship. Like, and of course, if both people want to come to the table and do the work, it's going to, it's going to move more quickly. It's going to move. Of course. Of course. Well, you could have a vision, but if your partner doesn't have the same vision, like you're kind of wasting your time. Well, not necessarily because here's the interesting thing is that there are some people who don't feel like I don't like you couldn't even broach this conversation with them. Mm -hmm. And when you know that about your partner, you can still do the learning and bring it into your relationship and into the conversation in a way that you know is going to work best for your partner. Mm -hmm. They don't need to know it's like a program that you've been learning about. They don't need to know it's a book that you've been learning. You just bring it into the conversation in an organic way. Okay, so this is my question that might, let's try not to, we'll keep it under an hour here. It's getting late. Allison, the ultimate breach of a marriage would be, I think, infidelity. Just somebody cheating and or leaving their marriage or or just ending the marriage because they... They couldn't get this part sorted, so they sort of go outside of the marriage to find getting their needs met or whatever it may be. And to me, that's that's a sad thing. But I, I mean, like, I guess infidelity, cheating, it happens. It happens probably more than people are talking about or aware. And we actually wanted to do a whole episode. We have somebody that we think is interested to come in to talk about totally anonymously their experience with being cheated on in cheating. So it's not something that, um, I don't know. It doesn't necessarily make me uncomfortable that this happens. Um, and I think I can see how communication could break it down and people go that direction where they feel like they need to leave their marriage or, um, maybe not maybe stay in their marriage and maybe cowardly and air quoting, um, find pieces of themselves elsewhere. But like, how do you come back from that is my question. I think, you know, cheating happens and then maybe somebody's coming to you being like, we need to repair our marriage because it got to a point where like everything has broken down. And I mean, like people's marriages can be amicable. Is that the word? But you're, my example I'm giving is like, it's gone the other way where like it's not amicable people and like that ultimate trust breakage has happened. Is, is that? Can you recover from that is what you're asking? Yes. 
I mean, I know people can obviously, but that's gonna be fucking hard, man. Yeah. So infidelity is a whole is a huge topic. Maybe we'll come back. In it is. It's not. A, it's yeah. not a black and white. It's not. It's not. Someone did something bad to this person. There are so many layers. So many layers to infidelity. Um, at the bottom of it, it's a breakdown of trust, and it is whole, withholding of information and secrets. And that's really that's the hard part. That is that is often where the the damage of infidelity. Uh, that's the weight of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you recover from infidelity? I have seen couples recover from infidelity. Yes, okay, I have, and it really—it's a whole huge other topic. I was going to say we only have uh, yeah, it's already nine thirty. Yeah, uh, Esther Perel has an amazing book called *The State of Affairs*, and she looks What's at the inf- name Esther Esther Perel. Okay, yeah, she's a really incredible writer and psychologist okay. and speaker. Okay, uh, her TED talks are amazing, uh, but she, yeah, her book. Uh, is called the state of affairs and she really looks at infidelity through a non-judgmental lens Mm -hmm. because there is so much shame associated with infidelity and it automatically paints one person as the bad person and uh it's a it's a whole conversation because it's not just about the couple there's also the third person who's been involved and there's there's a lot of layers to infidelity uh i think the important thing about infidelity is that when one person has been cheated on, it is up to that person to um, to repair that trust. They need to volunteer. Um, what are the two terms? But uh, the person who had the affair needs to volunteer as much information as possible to start rebuilding the trust. Yeah. So whatever that partner needs to to re- rebuild that trust. It, it's their responsibility. Yeah, yeah, it's their responsibility, and, and that up. and that can be really hard. You like going through all of the details, but it's it's different for every relationship. Yeah, I wonder if every person who's being cheated on mm-hmm. necessarily wants all the details, and yeah. sometimes they don't. Yeah. Like it's so unique to the situation yeah. and to the couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but the bottom line is that whatever that person needs to feel like they can trust you again, mm-hmm. that you you got to do it. I'm so curious about this because I think about all the different avenues, all the roads that lead to Rome, right? Like at the end of the day, the Mecca Medina is like to death do us part. Your marriage is is kept intact and you thrive maybe. Maybe it's just not just like a a skidding by just like riding the coattails of some sort of legal document. It's like you are having a thriving fucking awesome marriage and holding hands till you're 90, whatever it is, you know? That's the vision of mine. But if your marriage is really bad <laughs> and it sucks, like you leave it. Like I think that's totally a solution and that's okay too, right? Um, so I want to give people permission to leave bad marriages, but I also want to know that like, um, you know, if you're feeling lukewarm, there's ways to warm it up, right? And maybe it's not necessarily like opening up a bag full of, of vibrators, but there's ways to sort of Apparently that works though. I mean, it does. <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah, matter. like keeping your com- your communication yeah. flowing. That's right, and right. Staying curious and yeah. having day dates with each other. Like when you're talking about having a nanny on Saturdays, yeah. The daytime dates are the amazing. Yeah. Are quality. Not so tired. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like I love that. spend time with each other when you're at your best. Yeah. Not at the end of the day after you've put all your kids to bed and bed and you're just you're done. You're tapped out. You have nothing left for each other, right? I feel really bad about that. I often like when I do see my husband I'm on an empty tank and I've given everyone the best of me mm. and he gets not the best of me so I don't feel like we've ever had a day date 
Oh, it's so we fun. We have? Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. That's why I like to travel. I like, I like to go away even for a couple of days. Like you're saying, you're going away for four days. Yeah. Um, because that's like, like uninterrupted mm-hmm. by yourself's time. But it takes a lot. And we're talking about going away for an evening or, you know, yeah. go to going for dinner. Like it's challenging to find your village to take care of you. There's so much care I'm cobbling together to go away from Thursday to Sunday. It's yeah. out of control how many people are involved. Yeah. Um, yeah. Allison, we could honestly, you could be the <laughs> the treble of this podcast yeah. <laughs> for another season. I feel like we could just do you and somebody else. Um, but okay. This is my big question for the end. We're just going to wrap it up here. If that's right. Okay. Because I think this is, I think we've really hit, the, we, we should bring you back for another cast maybe in next season. But um, if there's, there's seasons, Andrew, this is the end of our third season. We're wrapping our third. We're going to our fourth. Is that today? Deal with it. This is number 36. Okay. Yeah. Alana keeps tracking me and Andrew. Don't. I keep track of the seasons. Because Andrew wants us to just go straight through. I know. I think we should 13, we do 13 episodes. That's what we do. Um, tell me if there's one piece of advice you want our listeners to hear, if they hear nothing else, what's like the pinnacle takeaway today? I said it was my eulogy last time. No one liked the eulogy to say. <laughs> if there's one thing you want people to hear, because often I think I fight that, song. Yeah. If what's your fight song? Like, yeah. What do you want people to know? I want you to take the time now for yourself and for your relationship. Start with you. That's where it starts. I love that. I've never thought this was to me. I also asked Dina this all the time. What did you learn, Dina? Because I had a huge aha moment today. What's your aha moment today? I never remember the aha moments. I don't know. Well, what stood out? I think communication, even when you're not happy. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people maybe feel more confident to talk when they are happy, mm-hmm. but then other things kind of build up and some people get resentment and there's yucky feelings and then that kind of spews out when things have like reached a, a pinnacle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not the best time to communicate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, I just forgot mine because mine was really good that Allison said, fuck. Oh, what was my key takeaway from today? Oh my God, I had it on the You keep time. thinking, but on that note, yeah. uh, a lot of us feel like it's not good for our kids to see us in conflict or to see us working through something with our partner. And so often what happens is like they see us like have this tension and kids feel everything. Even if we're not saying it out loud, they, you know how well you know your own parents, right? Right. Like, you know, your parents, yeah. you were, you know, them Such very good point. Right. So your kids feel everything, even if you're not saying it. And, and that's the reminder that you might resolve something after they go to bed or behind closed doors. Uh, but to follow up with them, and for them to hear you say, I didn't like how I spoke last night, or we figured out that this was what's going on with us. Like, show them that it's okay to have tension mm-hmm. and that there can be resolution on the other side. Because what happens when they see that is that they're not, they don't, they don't fear uh, confrontation or it's not even a confrontation. It's a, it's a conversation. Right. You're parenting. Yeah. You're parenting in your own relationship management. I love that. Mm-hmm. I remember what I was going to say. I've never heard Allison ever self-care talked about the way that you just talked about it mm. in the sense that like you taking care of yourself through your entire life and all of the seasons of your particular marriage will save your marriage. Like if you put yourself in your hobbies first and make it known and everyone makes each other's self-interest and hobbies a priority, mm-hmm. then we're all live happily ever after. Yeah, support, each other. Support, support each other. Support each other and each other's interests yeah. and hobbies. And the, I think that's what it's saying is like... I, identifying 
the individual that is that individual who mm-hmm. is your partner. Mm-hmm. And that like, I know a lot of people get these like third personalities where they're like one person, another person, and a totally different person when they're together. But really saying let's love and respect the individual, um, you know, CEO and COO of this family dynamic. Yeah, and celebrate each, each other. And each have different roles and responsibilities. And we all, we both hold the temple here, um, you know, but that um, we're more than just holding temple holders like there's more to our identity than yeah. just yeah and, and allow up. your partner to have that time and also take the time yourself, yourself. that's yeah. right because your partner's going to feel good about you taking that time too so it's it's win-win for everybody absolutely i love it and Allison, your kids yeah if someone wants to find you where can they find you yeah so You're i very findable i am very findable so i'm at house and hook.com and house and hook as well on instagram and yeah. on facebook and so, you're speaking at MomFest. I'm speaking at MomFest. Yeah. So if you hear this and you want to hear Allison, this was very riveting tonight, Allison. I love, love, love this call. I love this conversation. It was, yeah, great. It was great. Super awesome. And I think a lot of people don't talk about this stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, and go and go and grab your free self-care toolkit because a lot of people are, yeah. you're, they're going to feel like, I don't even know what self-care looks like. So go grab that. That's at houseandhook.com. I'm literally opening Allison's Instagram right now and you go to her link tree. She has tons of awesome free free grabbable awesome pieces of content for you to to use for yourself um and for your marriage so and don't feel guilty for wanting to do something that makes you feel good as a person yes, yes. i love it yeah i love it take um, care of you awesome that was great allison thanks thanks yeah. for having me ladies thank you so much for hanging out with us today we hope you really enjoy the content we are eager to chat with the most interesting people about topics that you care about Please connect with us on social media at Moms That Say, at Moms TO, and at Dr. Dina Kulik, and share your comments, requests, and to continue the conversation. If you want to hear more, click subscribe and rate us too. We're all about the feedback because this podcast is for you. Have a great rest of week. Until next time.